Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 15. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in a bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised, with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This is the word of God. So this morning, uh, we're continuing the new series that Dave started uh, for us last week, looking at our spiritual health. Um, We're going to be looking through this series at lots of different aspects of our lives, our relationships next week, uh, finance, generosity, uh, anger, revenge, stress, joy, all lots of different elements of our lives. And uh, if you're in a connect group, you might have seen this. Don't worry if you can't see the words, but you'll get the general picture of it. Uh, It's a sort of wheel of our lives with lots of different segments of our lives in the different colored segments. Uh, And so many of us see our lives a little bit like this or treat our lives like this as sort of compartmentalized segments. We've got emotional health down here, family up here, rest and recreation. We've got relationship with God as well as just one of the segments of our lives. And of course, even though they are compartmentalized to some degree, there are crossovers as well. Uh, Work and family and friendships merge together and affect each other. Uh, Our relationship with God might merge into a number of different areas of our lives. Uh, But perhaps too often than not, our relationship with God might stay squished in a corner, a segment of our lives, rather than affecting the whole of our life. And so we're going to be thinking a little bit about how our relationship with God can affect the whole of our life this morning. Uh, The whole book of Colossians that we're going to be looking at today, and specifically our passage this morning, is a challenge. It's a challenge to the church uh, in Colossae and us today to make Christ the center over all in our lives. And Paul is reminding uh, the early Christians that he knows them and they know him. The first five verses of Colossians 2, uh, Paul is reminding them to not forget what has happened before. Remember how you got to where you are today. Uh, So if things have begun to slip, if things aren't happening in your life, 
if things are getting in the way of your relationship with God, then this is your moment, he's saying, to take stock and put Christ back in his rightful place. Paul wants these young Christians in Colossae uh, to be encouraged and to be united in Christ, to stand firm in the context of the world that they're living in with all the pressures upon him. And it says so much to us today, which is why it's such a great passage for us to look at. And so Paul tells them to do four things, four things that will uh, help us too as we look at being spiritually healthy this morning. He's saying we are to receive we are to continue, we are to refocus, and lastly, get rooted. Receive, continue, refocus, get rooted. It would have been really neat if I could think of a word beginning with R for continue, and I couldn't do, uh, apart from remain, but that's slightly different. So anyway, if anybody can come up with one before the 11, that would be great. Um, so the first thing that Paul says is receive. Verse 6, if you've got your Bible open, Colossians 2, verse 6 says this. So, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, how did you receive Jesus as Lord? Have you received Jesus as Lord? When did you receive Jesus as Lord? For me, it was very simply, as a child, age six, in my dining room uh, of our house in Sheffield, I can remember it really clearly, actually. I'd been listening to my mum and dad uh, talking about someone they knew who had become a Christian. And I thought, I quite like the sound of that, and I wanted to have a go-to. And so I asked my mum uh, if she would pray, because I wanted Jesus in my life too. And so I asked Jesus into my heart, and then I went out to play. When you received, uh, whether you received Jesus as Lord of your life as a child like me, or perhaps in a moment of crisis, after hours of examining and debating at an Alpha course, slowly over many, many years, or in an amazing conversion experience. It's essential that we actually do receive Jesus, ask him into our lives. And when we do, according to Colossians 1, 13 to 14, we move from darkness into light, from sin to forgiveness. Colossians 1, 13 to 14 says this, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's what happened when you received Jesus as Lord of your life. You move from darkness to light. But Paul is clear uh, that being a Christian, living your life for him, is not just about that moment of salvation as we know. When you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, when you are brought from uh, darkness to light, uh, it's a really important time, but we're also continuing, our second word, we're continuing to choose every day to live for him in every aspect of our lives, choosing light rather than darkness. And so our second word when we're considering our spiritual health is continue. Colossians 2, 6 again tells us this. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Note that Paul doesn't, uh, doesn't say, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to go to church, or continue to say your prayers every day, or continue to go to your Bible study group. No, 
just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your life in him. Continue to live your whole life in him. Uh, most days, I cycle uh, from where I live in Blackhall uh, down to the office here on Broughton Street. Uh, and if I see a traffic light, a light ahead of me, if I'm coming on the road, um, I'll often slow down because I don't actually want to stop. I want to keep going. If you're a cyclist, you might, you might do this as well. Uh, sometimes I, I almost get to the traffic light uh, to, and I'm almost stopping. And I sort of do this wiggly thing uh, to try and keep my momentum going without actually coming to a st standstill. And sometimes I get to the traffic light and I'm like wiggling around trying to keep my bike uh, steady, but eventually I have to just put my foot down because the traffic lights are still at red. Um, when you learn to ride a bike, you learn, don't you, that you need to pedal uh, to make the bike move forward. Why do we do that? Because if we don't move forward when we're riding a bike, we'll fall off. And I think this is a really great metaphor for what Paul is reminding the Christians in Colossae. So, you have received Christ Jesus as Lord. Now you need to continue to live your lives in him. Keep him as Lord over every aspect of your life. Keep moving forward because otherwise you'll fall off. I wonder if you might relate to that at the moment in your life. You might feel a bit like you've fallen off on your journey with Christ. Or you might feel like you've just come to a standstill at some traffic lights in your relationship with Jesus. It might even feel as though he's turned his back on you this morning. And so it might be the time this morning for you to pause and recognize that and realize that you want to keep living your life for him, to continue with him and recognize that Jesus is there. He's here and he's saying, come on, I'm here. I do love you. Come and walk your journey with me. So if we're to keep growing in Christ, we need to keep moving forward, continuing to get to know Jesus better, letting the whole of the gospel of Jesus affect every part of our lives. Paul says we need to continue to grow in him. And then thirdly, we might need to refocus or adjust our focus, refocus. Verse eight, Paul says this, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow, hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of the world, rather than on Christ. Hollow and deceptive philosophies. Uh, these were as much a part of first century Colossae as they are for us today. Jewish zealots at the time were uh, convincing uh, some Christians in Colossae that they still had to go through circumcision to conform to the Jewish law, that the grace of Christ that they had received wasn't enough. And the Colossian Christians were struggling to work out what was actually right for them to do. Hollow and deceptive philosophies and teaching. Alternative worldviews and philosophies have always been around, demanding people's attention, claiming that they're truth, trashing outdated and irrelevant religion. We might all have, have come across somebody who said to us at some point in our life, you don't actually believe that story about Jesus, do you? You don't actually believe that that sort of whole Christmas baby in a manger thing is actually true and relevant today. 
And instead, there are new ideas announcing themselves as the new big thing. And this all plays into our desire within human nature to discover new things. We search out and grab hold of the latest thing, whatever it might be. The perfect example of this I was thinking about was the rise and rise and rise of the iPhone. It's hard to believe that Steve Jobs um, only announced the first iPhone was being released in 2007. It feels like it's just been part of our lives forever. Uh, and, and, And to keep feeding that desire within so many people for something new, something better, something more advanced. We're now on the 18th reinvention of the iPhone since 2007 uh, with the iPhone X or iPhone X, which came out last November. If you work in education or if if you're aware of what's going on in education, it's exhausting to keep up with the constant barrage of new ideas educational reform and changes in policy that come onto the poor head teacher's desk on a daily basis. We're dissatisfied perhaps with our jobs or even with some aspect of our life because we are convinced there must be something better, something that will give us more purpose or more money or more satisfaction. Hollow and deceptive philosophies grab our focus. And this can happen in our church life too. Someone comes up with a new way of worship, or a new book is written, or a new worship song becomes the highlight of our lives, and we find ourselves getting distracted by the shiny new thing, rather than our focus being on Christ. Or maybe some of us, for some of us, the outworking of the gospel of Jesus becomes the gospel to us. Good works, striving for justice and mercy, living lives of compassion, making a difference in the world, all excellent things that Jesus spoke about, Jesus demonstrated and called his followers to do likewise. But these outworkings of the gospel sometimes can become more important to us than the actual person of Jesus Christ and our relationship with him. And so here in verses 6 to 15 of Colossians 2, we're told to ensure that we're not taken captive by ideas, hollow or deceptive philosophies, worldviews, or even theologies, but instead to be simply taken captive by the person of Jesus Christ. Simply be taken captive by the person of Jesus Christ. Do you and I need to refocus our vision on Christ in our lives? Nothing more, nothing less. On Wednesday, uh, Mark Green from the the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity was here at P's and G's, and he was speaking to around 60 church leaders from across Edinburgh. One thing that he said really struck me. He said this, The whole life gospel is not the gospel that people have been told, and is not necessarily the gospel that people have been sharing. I'll read that again. The whole life gospel is not the gospel that people have been told and is not necessarily the gospel that people have been sharing. So what does he mean by this? He was saying that because of the way in which the gospel has, present, has been presented to many of us when we receive Christ Jesus as Lord, this has influenced how we therefore live our lives and how we then present the gospel of Jesus to others. He was saying that the message uh, of the gospel has been reduced to just being about our personal salvation, 
therefore making it easier for us uh, to, to keep our Christian faith compartmentalized within our lives, as we saw in that first diagram I, I showed you. It's, if you like, the John 3.16 gospel. For God loved the world so much that he sent his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not die but have eternal life. And you might think, so what's the problem with that? Sounds brilliant. But Dallas Willard puts it like this. We have reduced the gospel to the bare entry-level requirements for heaven. Maybe we've been convinced that the gospel is simply the gospel of salvation, being saved from our sin, being saved from eternal separation from God, being saved for eternal life. Jesus saves, and yes, he does. There's no debating it. I agree, I hope you agree, Jesus saves. And if you've received Christ, you have salvation. But if that is it, it just, it's just about what, we happen, what happens when we die. What about the life that Jesus has given us now? And the gospel is far more than that too. It's more than God's plan just for our personal salvation. But it's about Jesus bringing into being God's plan of redemption for the whole of creation. And therefore the whole of life. Jesus dying and rising again to redeem our lives and the whole creation, the earth, humanity. Restoring what God has made into all its fullness now and for eternity. So, Mark Green suggests that our focus should be the whole of the gospel is the whole of Christ for the whole of our lives. And so, Paul, in verses 9 to 14, refocuses us on the heart of who Christ is. He says, Christ is completely human and completely divine. He's the one in whom we have fullness of life. The gospel begins and ends with Jesus, not just for eternal salvation when we die, but for and in life now, giving us freedom and wholeness because, as Paul says in verse 14, we were dead in our sins, but God has nailed our sin to the cross. Jesus has disarmed the powers and authorities. He's made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. And so we have been made alive in Christ in every aspect of our lives. The whole of the gospel is the whole of Christ for the whole of our lives. And so if we are to continue to live in him, standing firm in our faith, we need to maybe refocus on Christ. And then we need to be fourthly rooted in him, receiving nourishment from him. Rooted, our fourth word. Last June, um, I was down in Guildford, and I was staying in the grounds of this really ancient abbey, and I came across this stunning tree in the grounds of this abbey. Uh, it, I just thought it was amazing, and I saw it from some distance away. I have no idea what sort of tree it is, I'm rubbish at that sort of thing, but I just thought it was beautiful. And as I got closer uh, to the tree, as I, I was on a walk, and I got closer to the tree, the real beauty of that tree was not in its incredible canopy uh, and its beautiful branches, but in its roots. Uh, this beautiful, strong, intertwined jumble of ancient, deep roots that had kept that tree supported and stable and fed and nourished over many, many hundreds of years. All of us who are in Christ need to be putting down deep roots in him. 
We need to allow his life to intertwine with ours, his spirit to flow through us so that we can think and act and speak as Christ's people in the lives that he's given us. Tim Keller talks about the gospel changes everything. It's about learning to live the way of Jesus in whatever context we find ourselves. And so when we're rooted and built up in Christ Jesus, he changes us. We need to be rooted in the gospel of Jesus who loved and forgave and brings redemption to everyone so that it makes a difference in our relationships. Even that person who we know we're going to see this week that we find really difficult. We need to be rooted in the Bible so that when we hear attractive new ideas or promises from the world that we live in, we know what God says about stuff. We need to know what the Bible says so that it affects how we live our lives uh, wherever we are. When we're rooted in Jesus, his spirit will be changing us and we'll find that we speak differently into our friend's life, perhaps that friend who we're going to see for coffee this week. When we're deeply rooted in the God who is the same yesterday, today and forever, when tough times come, we can trust him and know uh, that his words of love and comfort are being spoken into our lives and we'll be able to stand firm. We need to be rooted in him so that when we're faced with a difficult choice in our family or in our workplace, we can know how to respond to that difficult choice in a Christ-like way. When temptations are right in front of us, and to be honest, it'd be far easier to give in than not. Our relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit in it, living in us will give us the strength and the ability to, stay, to say no. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your life in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness.